This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, joined this evening by Pete Smith as we will get to the 2020 Cleveland Browns schedule reveal. Tonight's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by Built Bar, one of the better tasting bars there is, toffee almond, uh, mint chocolate cream, whichever one it is. Look, they taste good. Um, less sugar, less carbs, all that stuff than some of the other top competitors in their field. So use the promo code LOCKDOWN, go to BuiltBar.com, and my kids eat it. Um, they kind of think it kind of tastes a little bit like a candy bar. So go ahead, check out Built Bar. Like I said, use the promo code LOCKDOWN. We are going to delve in here to what is the 2020 Cleveland Browns schedule. And I'll just go through it real quick. We'll get our reactions here from Pete, and we'll just go on through it here. Uh, Opening on the road at Baltimore, not an enviable task. Uh, Thursday night following up after a tough physical game, most likely with the Baltimore Ravens. The season or opener, Thursday night football with the Cincinnati Bengals. Washington Redskins after that. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Colts, Pittsburgh Steelers. Bengals again, twice before the Midway Park part. Las Vegas Raiders, bye week. Houston Texans, Philadelphia Eagles, Jacksonville Jaguars. We get to go see old uh, good friend Joe Schobert a little after Thanksgiving. Tennessee Titans, Ravens again on the Monday night game. Two trips to New York, weeks 15, week 16. Giants first, Jets second. Close it out with a at-home tilt versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pete, I know you're a little fired up, and well, Pete's always a little fired up. Let's go, Pete. I know you're chomping at the bit, bro. Well, if you look at the schedule, it's pretty well balanced, um, you know, as you go through it. But week one to week two is irresponsible bullshit um, from the standpoint of if they don't have a full training camp and then they try to send these guys out there uh, with, you know, we're going to have uh for the four preseason games and everything at least tentatively the, the, those may be the first thing that potentially get hacked off they start with the bears the packers the vikings the bucks no uh barge battle this season which is fine but whatever but the point is is if you have a bridge training camp where you are trying to get to get guys physically ready to take on full contact and all those things and get them primed for a regular season and you go and you play the ravens week one that first game of 60 minutes of contact and you turn around and you're supposed to go and play the Bengals, whether it's at home or not is unimportant. It's the fact that you, this, this potentially has nightmare scenario written all over it in terms of significant injuries to your team where, you know, one or both of these teams could be wiped out. Uh, by something significant, and it's and it's just of all the places to have a four day or three three and a half day rest or whatever after week one in in a in a situation shift. I mean, I don't like this you know perfect you know un, un, unfettered schedule, but especially in this one, that just really annoys me. And 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 if they make it through it, and you know, I think the Bengals are certainly a beatable team. The Browns will be in great shape because the Redskins are awful. Uh, they get a week and a half for it, but uh, and and you know, in some ways, preparing for the Cowboys early, which is as nice as that is. I, I just 
hate the amount of risk you're putting these players in uh, to 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 put this Thursday stuff on there. They they have to get Thursday sorted out, uh, where you know you get a week and a half off either side, where it's around your bye week or whatever, but you can't do this three day stuff. It's it's just a really really bad idea. Well, for me, the issue is, I mean, you're going to go and you start at Baltimore, which requires a ton of discipline, the physicality. Um, obviously, Baltimore runs the ball a ton and, you know, obviously you're throwing it, but, you know, they run it a ton. And that is a it's a it's a, it's a tough matchup here. And I'm with you on Thursday Night Football and we'll see the way this you know preseason works and when camps finally get open. And if everything starts on time, it seems really, really disingenuous, Pete, to even have Thursday night football as part of the slate. Look, we all love football. We'd like an extra night of it. But if it comes down to what is best for the athletes that are performing week in, week out, Thursday night football right now, it seems like an absolute stupid, absolutely stupid idea. You're talking about maybe these guys have, what, three weeks of camp? They're going to open you know, where there might not even be maybe, what, maybe one, two preseason games. If everything works out great, look, you slated for four. The fingers crossed that it all happens. I don't think anybody in the right mind truly believes it's all going to work out that way. Thursday night football, with the way everything is going this year, seems like a really, really dumbass idea. Well, you know, this is the whole sticking point when it comes to college. Um, right now, is they're talking, they're trying to figure out exactly how much time teams would need to prepare. But I can tell you, at the high school level in the state of Ohio, this is a big discussion point is figuring out the exact number of practices uh and the rules that would be associated with that because you know if they, if, if they start later whatever and and you know some some t- schools are in session and some schools aren't you can't have two-day practices and the number and the big thing you're worried about from that standpoint is are you going to have these kids physically acclimated and ready to play football or are you going to have just you know, what amounts to a slaughterhouse that first week or the first couple of weeks because they're just not physically where they need to be, whether that's being in shape or just, you know, used to the, the pounding. And obviously the NFL is a different animal as is college in these respects. But these are the considerations that really matter in this type of stuff. And, and certainly I, I'm not, uh, I, I'm interested that, that the notion of the whole Thursday night in general is, is interesting. Um, you know, if they're doing, you know, COVID-19 testing during the week and stuff like what, what type of timeline with that? So that's, that's another part of it. But I mean, that's, look, the rest of the schedule is, is fine. I think it's um, much fairer than last year. And obviously a lot can change and teams can be way better than we think teams can be way worse, but it just seems to be far friendlier than last year where, you know, we were hoping the Titans would be a win. The Jets would be a win. The Titans was a bloodbath and embarrassment. The Jets were a win. Whereas here, you know, the Baltimore Ravens are going to be tough. I mean, there's just no getting around it. I think teams that have veteran veteran uh, locker room, a lot of continuity with their coaching staff and all those things have an inherent advantage. And the Browns going on the road in that first game uh, with less practice time and all that are, are going to be at a disadvantage. But then you follow that up with three games that are all against first, you know, Zach Taylor is obviously second year head coach, but Joe Burrow is a rookie. I think rookie quarterback is going to be edited. Just, I have the lowest of expectations with 
with Joe Burrow, and it's not his fault. He may not throw a pass to somebody in a Bengal uniform until July. You follow that up, but the, with the Redskins, you know, I, I, getting them that early is great. I think they're a bad team anyway, but I think getting them early is great. And then with the Cowboys, they're you know they're the NFC mirror image of the Browns in, in terms of what they're trying to do. Their roster is largely the same as is the Browns. They've added, they've subtracted, but they've brought in a head coach to sort of try to get more out of it, as have the Browns. So that becomes a really interesting matchup. So, you know, if you if you're trying to play the schedule game or whatever, and you're going, wow, the Browns could come out of this, you know, two and two, three and one, if you, if you get greedy and and you think you can get that Cowboys game, but if you have to feel good right now about the Bengals and the Redskins. You just have to. Uh, no question. And we talked about this. And, you know, for rookie quarterbacks, this is going to be the most tough. It's going to be the most difficult scenario going. Um, Dwayne Haskins, you know, you can say what you want about him. He's a, You're essentially going to view him as a rookie. He, you know, didn't play a ton in 2019. It's going to be a brand new system for him. Uh, so, obviously, you know, difficult situation for him as well. You know, you, you essentially going to look at him as if he is a rookie here. We're going to get to more here on the 2020 Cleveland Browns reveal episode of Locked On Browns. Jeff Lloyd from SI.com, Mr. Pete Smith, part of Browns Digest over there. We're just going to keep on rolling through here. The best tasting bar. It's hard to explain it until you experience it. Uh, real chocolate, amazing flavors. Uh, for me, the flavors, it, it tastes, it pops. It, it's got like a, a candy bar vibe to it. One of the cool things about about Bill Bar is is you know if there are nuts there aren't you can have it either way if you're a nut free house you can t- certainly take care of it and avoid that as well um when you call it, I mean when you uh, go to billbar.com they have you can customize your box this box this is one of the cool things about variety packs normally you get it you get the variety pack you can build your own box of bars um you want these flavors even if it's the same one go ahead and order them um you like you know two three of the 16 that they have um, go ahead and fill it with that. It's one of the cool things you can do with BuiltBar.com. Uh, amazing combination of low calorie, high protein, and low sugar. No crazy additives. If you compare it to one of the highest uh, protein bars on the market, it has seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can a bar that is so healthy taste so good? That's the secret with BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $10 off your first box when you visit www.builtbar.com. Pete, for me, um, look, after last year where it was a load of primetime games this year, for now, the way it all stands and the intensive purposes of it, it's only two. Um, there were games where I thought we would certainly see as primetime um, Odell going to play the Giants, the, the Browns going to play the Giants with all the storylines, whether it's Odell, Olivia Vernon, Jabril Peppers, Kevin Zeitler, and even Freddie Kitchens. Um, but for a 6-10 and 10 team to go into the next year with two primetime games, that does seem about right. Well, it's, it's the combination of expectations versus market size. And, you know, as, as well as the Browns rate locally and all that, you know, they're, they're putting the Bears on, I think, four times this year. And that has everything to do with Chicago's market and the appetite for them on a more national basis, even though I think most people, you know, nationally, they're pretty tired of the Bears uh, watching. Hey, if anybody wants to see the Bears go 5-11 and 11 or watch Mitch Trubisky's career end with the Chicago Bears in Nick Foles' 
maybe become the guy or maybe not uh, for the Bears. This isn't good. This isn't good at all. But go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they get four games, which is crazy. And, and, you know, the Saints get five. I mean, that's and that's a team you would understand getting. It, it, look, the Browns, every time they've gotten a ton of national games, it, it's, it hasn't been good. So, this, you know, they get an early one. Um, you know, it could be a really sloppy game with the Bengals. It's also a game they should win. So, I mean, that's sort of good for them. And then, you know, it's, you know, it, 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 it's, they're, they're going to have a while where they can sort of work and, and hopefully prove themselves and get some things rolling before they're back on there again. But just not having to have that conversation, you know, especially with what happened last year where it's, oh, they're on national TV again. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a much, it's, it's not the bare minimum. Uh, but it is, uh, it's 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 a far more reasonable amount. Just yeah, interesting how it broke that way, uh, Pete. Um, with the early November bye week, um, and essentially it's pretty much you know it, it's right down the middle. It's you know it is week nine, so you've got eight in, you've got eight to go. Uh, look again, it, it's all premised on whether or not everything can start on time. And yes, it's a weird start time with a late Labor Day weekend of a seb- uh, September thirteenth week one. Um, but that bye week straight in the middle. Look, you can whine, complain about when your bye week comes, but look, if you get your bye week dead center, eight games in, bye week, eight games out, I guess at this point with the way this this year could possibly go or the way it's constructed, you'll just call out a win. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had a chance to sort of look at the schedules. I, I'm curious, you know, if they've sort of laid out the bye weeks as normal but or or if they're sort of more bunched up. Because obviously, you know, there's a there's a natural accordion effect they can have, where they just because their 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 initial reports were, that if they they have to eliminate something first, it could be the bye week, which would not be great for the players, but that's what's going to happen. So I mean, uh, it'd be curious to see if uh, if if you know if if other teams have early bye weeks, or if they're all sort of later on. Uh, so that, that would be something to work on. But, but I mean, if you're just looking at it going from, you know, that, that mini stretch of Cowboys, Colts, Steelers could be, could be reasonably rough. Uh, then Bengals Raiders where it sort of eases up, uh, you know, the Raiders are somewhat of a wild card team. Then you get the buys, then the Texans, you know, anyone's guess on who they're going to be. And then the Eagles, you know, they're probably going to be pretty tough. That that's probably about right. Uh, I mean, again, I, I think, the word I would use for the overall schedule for the Browns this year is fair. I, I don't disagree. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm kind of like splitting it up essentially in the quarters. You know, we talked about this first one here, Ravens, Bengals, Redskins, Cowboys. You know, you figure Bengals, Redskins seem like favorable matchups here. You get to that second quarter of the schedule, you know, Colts, Steelers, Bengals, Raiders. Again, you know, Bengals, Raiders, obviously favorable matchups. Then you hit the buy here. This is where it gets a little tricky. Obviously, you got Texans, Eagles, Jaguars, Titans. That's 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 a kind of a little bit of a murderer's row right there. You got three out of four games right there. All of those teams were 2019 playoff teams. Uh, you obviously Texans won a playoff game. Titans won two. Uh, Eagles, you know, battle tested, proven. Jaguars, it, it could just be a really really hot mess down there in Jacksonville. Then you get to that final quarter. Um, you, you kick it off with the Monday night game with the Ravens. Then it's Giants, Jets, 
It's Steelers. God knows where Pittsburgh's going to be at that point in time. Um, and it is kind of funny, Pete, here with the two trips, you know, coming out my way here to MetLife. Giants, Jets, back-to-back weeks uh, 15 and week 16. Yeah, and uh, again, these are teams that are interesting because, uh, the, look, the Jets are – they have to do something this year. Um, you know, I think there are some uh, statuses on the line. I don't know if they, they – you know, maybe if they have a disaster, they'll start firing people. But I do think they sort of have to get going with Sam Darnold and getting him, uh, you know, effective. and. You know, if Mackay Becton is is you know sort of playing well, and that the offensive line they've cobbled together can protect Sam Darnold, you know, by week 16 they could be pretty interesting. And I, you know, I don't think they're a good team, but they they could at least be an interesting team. And the Giants are a super young roster. I mean, they obviously they got rid of a lot of players, uh, have added a bunch of young guys that are trying to figure it out, including Daniel Jones and. Again, if he, if he progresses through the year, he could be a far more interesting quarterback. In addition to sort of where Saquon Barkley is, and you know, and 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 you can never forget the uh, the the nose tackle they have there. I mean, that's that's a huge get for them to, using a first round pick they got for Odell Beckham on a nose tackle. That's I think that's what's going to sell that game off for Giants. See that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and again, this might be a nice reprieve for them. Again, theoretically, you know, you don't want to take any of this stuff for granted. The Titans and the Ravens back-to-back is tough. It just is. And and if the the Jaguars are at least saying the right things for Fournette, you know, they're going to be probably more of a ground-and-pound team. They've got some big linemen like that. So you've got three theoretically three weeks of – at Jags, at Titans, home against the Ravens on Monday night, which could be three really physical football games. That's after you played the Eagles, uh, before you get the Giants and the Jets, which, again, could be a nice reprieve and maybe an opportunity to make up some ground in a playoff race before they can uh, go you know, host the Steelers for that final game in what could be, obviously, a, a playoff-determining game for the Browns and the Steelers or the Steelers. I mean, if the Browns are, you know, they could theoretically be playing spoiler at that point, or they could be playing for a spot. So, I mean, and that's sort of how the schedule always lays out like that, but it's, it's, uh, it's not bad. And, you know, we'll we'll see what surprises come in this, but uh, it's certainly interesting how they, from a marketing standpoint, how they've gone with this. You go from the Lamar Jackson rematch, which obviously was super uh, entertaining in, the games, the, the you know the first the rookie year game was was great at the end of the year. The week four game was great for your Browns fan last year, and then uh, so that game's certainly entertaining. You get Joe Burrow, even though he's nowhere near from nowhere near Cincinnati, he is the Ohio guy, and then you get Chase Young, uh, week three from Ohio State. So that part is sort of interesting. Um, yeah, and that, that final stretch could work out to you know in their favor. Normally, that late in the year, you know, concerned about. You know, you know, road games late in the year, but uh, you know, Giants, Jets, you kind of get a feel of it here. And uh, for anybody who listened when Connor Rogers was on the other day, we talked a little bit about Jets. He likes all the work that's been done, but you know, when you have questions about whether or not the head coach can get it done and his play calling, and we've been through this Browns fans, um, certainly you know, kind of paints a picture 
for what maybe the Jets could be. Giants, it's going to be a lot whether or not, you know, how soon young guys can step up. Um, Big Ben, what is Big Ben, you know, in his, you know, vaunted workout regiment going to have come week 17? Hell, he could be 310 pounds by then. Oh, we'll get to a little bit more here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, Locked On Browns, your 2020 Cleveland Browns schedule reveal episode. Guys and gals, start the competition with people important in your mom's life. Mother's Day is the Super Bowl, so celebrate the Mother's Day uh, this Mother's Day by getting your mother the favorite gift of the day. Your mom will be able to tra- travel in her mind to exotic India, sample the food, and laugh at the perils of raising a teenagers in ni- or teenager in 1950s India through a new book of fiction called The Henna. The Henna Artist. By the way, it's Reese Witherspoon's book club pick of the May. Then anytime in May, post a picture of your mom or you holding the ebook or book on Instagram or Facebook and tag the author, the Alka Joshi, uh, a donation for uh, four meals per, per, per post up to 10,000 meals will go to Feeding America. So guys and gals, buy the Hannah Artist today at your favorite bookseller, including Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and Target, and make mom the ultimate winner in your family. As we look at it, Pete, uh, you know, and I think, you know, I, I like what you've said here about fair. And we talked about last year, you know, it was going to be a little bit difficult up front. And it was. Um, we thought the second half was going to be not. We thought it was going to be smooth sailing. Um, we also figured when we talked about that, it was going to be based on having a full roster, which certainly didn't come here. Um, you know, we went through and for me, I, you know, I look at, you know, the first quarter, I, I think, you know, solid, solid options there for a couple, you know, two, three wins. Second quarter, same thing, but you highlighted as well. You know, you get to that third quarter, and then it's you know uh, Jacksonville, you know Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and Baltimore. You know, back to back to back. That's going to make for a tough one here. Um, too early to start talking wins, Pete. Too early. Well, I, again, if you come into this, obviously the Ravens are going to be really difficult. I, I, I can't state enough how much I think. Teams like the Ravens and the Steelers—they're just going to run it back. That's the—that's what makes it easy for the Ravens. Is you know they've added to what they've already done, and you know, hey, there's some new guys. And look, even if J.K. Dobbins is slow to adjust, it doesn't matter. They—they they don't need him to even really essentially contribute in 2020. Some of those guys and, on defense, yes, but they can just essentially run it right back. Yeah, I mean, it's not that they don't need practices because they obviously do everybody wants all the practices they can get but teams like the ravens in particular can can withstand losing practices way more than a team like the browns who has a obviously a first year head coach uh a new offense a new defense and a a whole bunch of new players coming in obviously look uh, beyond uh you know everybody worrying about is baker mayfield going to be himself obviously that one doesn't worry me i'm not worried about baker mayfield but and, and, I, and I think Jedrick Bills will be fine, but obviously it's different when you can't be going through, you know, even just those, uh, you know, walkthrough reps in minicamp stuff with the offensive line. Those are, those are critical. And if you listen to Joe Thomas talk about it, he, he, got, he, he would get some of his best work out of that. Uh, so when you're talking about Jedrick Wills, who's going to be in a tough spot just by the virtue of the fact he's a, a rookie left tackle. 
who, who assuming they get the, the deal done, will be week one, Matthew Judon coming off the edge. How do you deal with it? Uh, you know, week two, uh, some some form of, uh, you know, what's his face, the, the little guy from Auburn who's always hurt, and Carlos Dunlap uh, coming off the edge. Redskins, week three. I mean, boom, Chase Young, uh, you know, Montez Sweat, uh, and, and Ryan Kerrigan. That's that's a three-man rotation. Potentially having three, all three of them on the field rushing the quarterback. Like that's that's a big test right off the bat. So um, when you're missing those practices, it's important. And if you're Joe Woods and you're trying to build the defense, where you know these guys, other than obviously Zoom and stuff, may not have may not meet until July. You know, Miles Garrett may not realize who Carl Joseph really is in person until. July or, or Andrew Sandejo or Grant Delpit or, you know, and, and, and I, I, I don't think the Browns are necessarily coming in going, Grant Delpit's going to start or anything like that. But obviously the, the less reps he has, the less chance he has to sort of get there. So, you know, the, the, that part of it sort of hurts potential rookie uh, contributions early um, you know, Jacob Phillips could be at a disadvantage from that standpoint. So uh, these are key things, you know, that, and, and again, with Burrow, you know, I don't know what he's, he's not allowed to like go to a bunch of places. He's essentially like maybe going to a high school field and throwing to, you know, neighbors. So <laughs> that's, you know, that's where we're at. So it's just that that's really tough and it's you know it's obviously a tough situation for them but that's why i have I've such very low expectation for the bengals even though they have a really nice defensive line they just signed dj reader this year but they're they're in the same situation other than jermaine pratt they have all of their linebackers are brand new so they aren't going to have a single linebacker who's been even been to paul brown stadium other than jermaine pratt when they show up in july or wherever whatever it is so i mean that's just it's difficult, and and I don't think people can 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 overlook that. The Colts uh, have new players, but they're largely running it back, and then the Steelers week six, they're running it back. And you're hoping, if you're the Browns, that you know you you, you obviously you want to beat the Ravens, but if you can muddle through and and get better and get grab a win against the Bengals, grab a win against the Redskins, maybe maybe you don't beat the Cowboys, but you feel like you're getting better. So hopefully, you get your feet under you, and you feel like you're you're getting comfortable, so that that offense can get better and better over the course of the year, because obviously that's the engine. That's, that's what is going to drive this team for the time being. Certainly they have big time players on defense with Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward and, and Sheldon Richardson and some of these guys, and they hope they, they get more of them, but you have an offense that is basically under contract through 2021 at this point, other than Kareem Hunt. So that, you know, that's where it's got to work. And, and again, that's where, not having practices is going to hurt them. They, they may take them time, and maybe by the end of the year, they're rolling. But if the Browns are, are sort of like are, are disappointing eight and eight, because I know a lot of everybody there, there are a lot of people that expect them to make the playoffs this year. It, it may be ultimately judged by how they sort of are playing throughout the year, as opposed to what what the standings are. And if they're like, you know, really getting good and punching up their, above their weight in that last set of games that would be that would be a good sign for this team 
Um, look, there's advantages this Browns team has as far as Odell, Jarvis, Baker. That's an advantage. Nick Chubb, that's an advantage. Even Kareem Hunt, they know what they have there. Um, the tight end position, as important as it's going to be to this team, that's something they are going to have to work through. Defense, it's going to be a little bit trickier. Look, defensive line, you can put out a defensive line of four starters of the guys that you started last year. Okay, that's good. You're good there. And it's it's a really play, really strong place to be good on defense is the defensive line. The linebacker position, it right now it's even though we've stressed the fact that they don't, you know, view it as a huge, huge important spot, um, you still don't know exactly what the pecking order is or how you know it's going to shape up with that group. Um, the corners look at greedy, uh, you know, Denzel, you know, Kevin Johnson with a role here. I still think we're going to see Denzel play a lot more slot than anybody is ready to believe. Um, you have Carl Joseph, who is battle-tested. You have Sendejo, who's battle-tested. Uh, Grant Delpit. And this is where my issue is here is, you know, we talk about the Zoom and that and the other thing. Your assignment, you know what you're being. And this brings me back to just, and guys, I'm not harping on Joe Schobert here, but this just goes back to a thing where it's knowing who you're playing with. And when I used to talk about Joe Schobert as a crossing guard, like, the second level of coverage, he felt there was you know, maybe a little slower to get there. The thing you get with is five reps. You don't say, oh, oh well, I, he's not good going to his right or he's not going to, going to his left or, you know, his first step backwards a little slow. And this is where it's going to create a problem, not just for the Browns, but for every team in the NFL is – it's great to know your assignments. And yes, these things can be taught through Zoom and things of these nature. But until you're out there and you know, oh man, when he goes left, I ain't gonna worry about nothing because he really goes that way hard and he knows what he's going on here. Or you know what in cover two, you know, this guy is really spectacular as far as the safety. He cornerback. There's no way a cornerback's gonna hit that receiver on the sideline. These are things you do not know until you actually get out on a field and get with each other. Um, defensively, you can do a lot more individually than you can offensively, um, because your drop is your drop. Like for, you know, for instance, or if you're supposed to jam and carry, you're supposed to jam and carry, or, you know, you're supposed to hit crossers or whatever you're in man coverage. Like uh, uh, that part of it, you can do, uh, on your own to some extent. And it's not the same, but, and, and this is where I'm sort of fascinated to see how this whole thing goes, because, you know, the best teams that handle this and can adapt and figure out ways to sort of get their messaging and teaching through, they could be an inherent advantage. And you're hoping the Browns with, with the, the, their, you know, investment in technology, as well as young, younger coaching uh, that sort of has grown up with it, uh, that they have a, a slight advantage. Um, Offensively, it's 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 way harder. Uh, you know, you can watch all the tape in the world you want. I mean, you don't know what it's going to really be like when Baker Mayfield needs to hit that you know that in route on Odell Beckham, or he, he you know he's ten and out. You know, when's that when, when's that foot stick in the ground where he's got to be ready to throw that ball? And that's it just can't happen. Even running back behind an offensive line and some of those things. I mean, there's the offense is really, really difficult on that standpoint. You really need those reps. Uh, and you can, again, there, there are things they can do. Uh, there are things they can certainly get better at, but that's where it's going to be really difficult. And there, there you could see 
some of that the first week or so of the season where it's just clunky, where teams may have to use more preseason reps than than maybe they'd like to getting guys, getting their teams ready uh, for this season. But that's the other part of this is if if you have contracted reps, I'm very I'm very interested to see, and obviously this is looking ahead to when there's actually camp, how teams are going to handle reps in general, like. I, I was listening to uh, you know a, a radio interview or talking to a reporter, and they were they were suggesting the idea that you know Baker Mayfield doesn't have a super long leash, and that if things don't go well, they could go to Case Keenum. And one, I don't think Baker Mayfield's ever going to be in danger of that because I think he's better than that. But two, when are these reps going to happen that you're going to get anyone other than Baker Mayfield? Because like, and this is where it's like. <laughs> Get, are, yeah, why, like Case no, Keenum no, has this huge relationship with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, but go ahead. Yeah, it's like, and this is you know the idea. Of it, it, why would you carry three quarterbacks this year? The, you're, the, the third guy is never going to do anything. Uh, you, you need you need to get all your reps to the guys that you need to be ready right now, and, and that's you know it's we've only missed mini camps to this point and OTAs, but those are reps and in you know if, if training camp goes on time maybe it won't be such a big issue and, and days off and stuff like that may work but other than that you're sitting there going we got to get baker mayfield ready we got to get odell beckham ready we got to get jarvis landry ready we got to get these tight ends ready i don't have time for these other guys you know and they, they'll, they'll get some but i think it may be less could maybe be part of the reason why rashard higgins was eventually brought back because maybe there doesn't need to be so much work done there. And, you know, you've got something that maybe you can rely on, so to speak, with that respect. Um, and it does help that, obviously, you know, the relationship with Odell and Jarvis, at least it's one year in. Granted, it's going to be different, you know, routes, different schemes and that type of stuff. But it's, you know, I, I don't want to say a feather in the cap, but at least it makes somewhat of the transition period easier. But, yeah, 100%. Uh, w- why in the world? Um, yeah, If you want to keep a practice squad quarterback around, by all means, <laughs> knock yourself out. But it's not like that dude's going to see anything. And may he may not even see anything. He may, he may only see a fourth quarter, five minutes in the preseason type of rep here. Uh, we'll close it out here, Pete. Um, with the Earl Thomas situation, as crazy as it is, Pete, I think the most egregious and weird thing of the scenario is the Baltimore Ravens finding out essentially the same time we all did that a player of theirs, look, just, you don't want to cheat on your wife, just don't get married, um, was held at gunpoint. And at knife point by his wife and an NFL franchise finds out a month after the fact, the same time the general public does. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the story of this is, is crazy enough on its own when you get the details. I thought the video he released was equally insane. Like he, he basically just announced this was coming. Like he was like, I want to get ahead of this. And he didn't get ahead of anything. He just announced it was happening. And obviously TMZ immediately published it, but it was just like, he, look, the guy was clearly shook in that video. He was not, you know, he was not in a, in a, in a comfortable state by any stretch. So he was rambling a little bit. He was out of sorts, you know, talking about how he needs prayers, talking about how, you know, we try to be the best people we can. It doesn't always work out all this. And then you actually get to the story and you're just sitting there like, what? And it's, you're just sort of just left 
with your jaw on the floor looking at this guy in this video and then the details and then he was mad that it got out and obviously he's mad it got out because his team didn't know and teams do not want to find out like this like they just don't and uh pro football talk is reporting that uh that the ravens are looking into possibly being able to void that guarantee uh which doesn't mean they necessarily would but they just want to be yeah able they're to. not doing that uh you know, it's one of those sort of strong arm threats. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, and it's not something they're going to cut him over. It's, you know, which you can make your commentary on, on how you feel about that or not, but weird as it is and uncomfortable as it is and unpleasant as it is, the, the idea of um, that with your brother, um, it, it, the reality is, it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's really freaky with the with the with everything that. Uh, it's really you know it's really strange from the the wife standpoint. And on one hand, you're like, oh my god, and on the other hand, you're like, well, uh, I could sort of get it to a point, uh, but it's just. I think what gets what's getting buried in this, is the sort of suggestion that from the story that Earl Thomas has an issue with alcohol and they just sort of, it's just sort of out there that the whole argument was over alcohol and it suggested like this has been an ongoing problem. So that, that was sort of the other part of this I, I took away from is, is there something else there where he's got his own problems? I, look, he's a great football player. You know, he's afraid of Nick Chubb, but he's a great football player. And, you know, where does this go for him just in terms of being, you know, living his life and all that? I, you know, it's it's just beyond strange in every way possible. Well, I've got two things to put with this here, and I'll go with one. This probably wasn't his first bout with infidelity. Um, you don't go from, you know, being in a committed relationship, marriage with kids to all of a sudden having orgies with your brother. Um, that stuff escalates. You don't just, you know, basically cannonball yourself into this. Um, so uh, I'm assuming Mrs. Thomas, you know, had her concerns and her thoughts. And now all of a sudden that shit was off the rails. Um, and maybe when they're saying alcohol, it may be the fact of, you know, alcohol may be quote unquote infidelity. Um, and it did make me think of the fact that Bill O'Brien <laughs> traded away DeAndre Hopkins because DeAndre Hopkins, who's not married, has, you know, children with several women, whatever. But um, it's not like he's being held at gunpoint, knife point <laughs> by any significant other. Um, so if that's your problem, everything seems hunky-dory with DeAndre Hopkins' life. Um, and you get this situation. Um, are the Baltimore Ravens probably going to do anything about it? Um, are they in a position where they're going to have to do anything about it? I don't know necessarily where anyway where old thomas did anything where it's a suspendable offense or where you're going to remove yourself from the contract um you know you know if you want to move on from him maybe it's the fact that he gave up on a play or a couple of a couple of running plays last year on derrick henry nick chubb so be it whatever um we'll see how it all plays out but my guess and you know Gun to my head is nothing's going to change earl thomas will play you know as many downs as he's healthy and able to play for the baltimore ravens this year um just, you know, the whole story, just absolutely batshit insane. But the worst part is, is no employer likes to find themselves essentially with their pants down 
where they can't speak on you know behalf of their player because they were not given the information. That is just the weirdest part of it all. Um, Pete, I guess, you know, for here, look, we got a lot. We'll continue to talk. We'll continue to do shows. And, you know, Pete's going to continue to put out great coverage through SI.com. We're just in a sit and wait period here. Um, look, you know, everybody, you know, in Ohio, you know, obviously majority of the listeners here are, look, I understand things are starting to open up here. Um, you know, Pete and I have been talking about this, you know, I compared from New Jersey. Look, you know, I'm here on the East coast where, you know, this started here and obviously it's matriculated its way South, North, West, don't be a guinea pig. And just because things are popping back open and look, this isn't a political thing. And the bottom line is, is worry about everybody else, but also worry about yourself. Um, It's great. Oh yeah. Bars are going to be open. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Does it make really great sense in your mind where, and we've talked about this, the Ohio, the numbers in Ohio, they're not exactly rapidly decreasing. This may not be the smartest thing. Do you guys want to get back to normalcy? Do you want a football season? Do you want a baseball season? Do you want a basketball season? Do you want your kids to go back to school? Be patient. You know, Don't be the first one out the door. Be the person out the door when you're damn sure it's okay to go back out the door. Right. I mean, the bottom line is everybody wants to be able to get back to normal. And it's a question of how to do it uh, the safest way possible. It doesn't, you know, I should say the fastest, safest way possible. Um, Yeah, obviously, you know, people are going to have to decide what they want to do for themselves. But um, uh, looking at this from some uh, from the standpoint of, of, you know, obviously uh, working with high school kids and and they they want to have a season, all this stuff, and they're worried about, you know, what what you know, what could happen or what this could mean and all, all these things is the worst thing that could possibly happen would be that, you know, everything or, or you know, stuff gets opened back up. You know, there's a huge spike in the number of people who get sick or infected or whatever, and then they have to shut it all down again because chances are if they shut it all down a second time, it's going to be wor- longer than it, you know, it, 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 longer than it would have been if it uh, was kept closed and obviously there's it's delicate because there are people who are hurting uh financially uh with work and and the stuff they need to be able to do um i'm less sympathetic for the people who just don't want to be at home anymore and are looking for stuff to do uh you know it's not fun to be stuck uh you know essentially at home uh all this time but uh, the, the way this whole thing started, especially in the state of Ohio, is everybody was sort of in, in lockstep and ready to take this whole thing on. And in the last sort of couple of weeks, it's become very fractured and stressed. And it's been like it's been like one never-ending Browns loss where everybody's just at each other's throats and just <laughs> pissed off. And it's, uh, it's it's tough. So you know, I'm hoping that it can work out for the best for everybody. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm nervous about uh, how this thing's going to work and, you know, who's going to be okay and all that. And the other part of that I'm worried about, you know, if you are a, you know, if you're a parent uh, who is at home with kids that would normally be at school, you know, and you have to go back to work, you know, what do you do with them? You you can't realistically send them to some, you know, big daycare center uh, and and obviously getting a, a private sitter, 
is extremely expensive. So uh, I'm hoping that they can figure this thing out where nobody gets you know sort of left behind and, and we're not uh, making people worse uh, after the fact of, of COVID-19 or, or leaving them out. But I don't, I'm hoping we're not going to get in a situation where we're essentially like leaving droves of children at home alone that don't need to be alone. So, well, you know, I, I'm with you on the, I hope, you know, as much as people are worried about themselves that they can, you know, see the other side of this and sort of be patient, as patient as possible. Uh, again, it's, nobody's uh, enjoying this or having an easy time with it, but that they can hopefully, you know, hang in there as long as possible so that, that, that we can get back to normal. And look, you know, um, you know, Pete thinks about this from the the fact of, you know, the kids he works with at the Streetsboro program. Um, you're talking about kids now about to go, you know, he's already seen kids who were seniors in high school mid-March. That's it. You're done. High school's over. Um, and now there's, you know, juniors and, you know, Pete has some kids who are, you know, uh, you know on a brighter future, some of these juniors. And the question is whether or not they're actually going to be able to go do their craft and how this affects them. My daughter's going to be an eighth grader come September. You know, I, I want to see this for her. I mean, I've seen friends of hers not be able to experience and they're not going to get to experience things like eighth grade dance and graduation. And look, we all want to get back to normal. And this is some things I've been talking about when we were doing this crossover episodes, you know, with, uh, you know, some of the guys, uh, folks from the NFC East, you know, the hosts uh, on Lockdown here. And, you know, how are you doing? How's your life doing? I, I think it's to the point now where you've even either gotten yourself settled into what is this issue right now, this pandemic and, you know, your every day of everybody being home or you're to the point where you're, you know, BS crazy. Um, but look, we all want normalcy, but when I will go back to normalcy, I want it to be forever. I, I don't want to do it and have a taste of you know, the normal life for 10 days, two weeks, three weeks. And then guess what? We're all back in the same rotten stink hole. Nobody wants it. That's just the way it is. Be patient, be smart, be safe. And keep in mind that every decision you make, yes, it may infect it, 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 your decision affects hundreds, thousands, maybe even more. Just be smart about it. And that's enough of this. This has been your 2020 uh, Cleveland Browns season schedule reveal episode. Pete and Sean Stevenson, Brandon Little, they're going to kill it for you guys over on Brown Digest, Browns Digest. So make sure you're checking all that out. Follow at Browns Digest on Twitter. Check everything out through SI.com has been busting their butts up until this point. Obviously, they're going to have a busy night ahead, busy night next day or so. So check everything out over at SI.com. Make sure you follow my man at Pete Smith underscore Pete Smith, the show itself, at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. DMs are open. Follow back account. You guys know that. Um, now that we got all the information we possibly need headed to 2020 as far as free agency, draft, schedule, feed it. You guys got questions. You got stuff you want. Put it in the show. Go ahead and hit us up here. I appreciate the listener, listenership here as we've been you know, growing through April into May here. Um, I understand you guys all have a lot more free time, and I appreciate you spending it with me. iTunes, Spotify, make sure you're following, five-star ratings, written reviews, all that stuff. Always help the show. Me personally, at Jeff, underscore LJ, underscore Lloyd. DMs are open again. Anything you guys want, topics put in the show, questions, your Twitter shy, hit me up. Sadly, right now, I got nothing. But stinking time. Uh, we're going to sit down tomorrow with one of the newer members of the Cleveland Browns. I won't leave a name here just in case, God forbid, something happens here. But we got something going on there. Um, with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB.
Let's go Browns.